you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at laist.com sweeps. From LAS Studios, this is Off Ramp. I'm John Raby. Thank you so much for joining me. If you listened to last week's episode, which was a tribute to King Taco, you have a heads up about this week's show, which is a Christmas story told by the actor, producer, acting teacher, etc., etc., David Dean Battrell. David and I have a couple things in common. Um, one of those is not being on Boston Legal. I never was, but he, he had a great character on Boston Legal. But the two things we do have in common... Uh, well, no, that's not true. We have three things in common. We have... Uh, Family background in Kentucky. We're both out homosexuals. And as kids, we were both greedy little pigs around Christmas time. And neither of us, I think, are very proud of that. But David turned it into a story that we're going to hear right now. It's called A Crafty Little Christmas. He performed it at Hollywood United Methodist Church back in 2012 for a program called Once Upon a Christmas. And here it is. When I was a child growing up in eastern Kentucky, the arrival of Christmas was not heralded by angels or wise men. The coming of Christmas was announced by the arrival of a book. This book represented the hope of a people oppressed. This book was our star in the East. It was the Christmas edition of the Sears and Roebuck catalog. (laughs) With my glass of grape Kool-Aid in hand, I would slowly begin to page through it, making big plans for how someday I would buy that beautiful polyester suit for my father, that washing machine for my mother, that rocking chair for my grandmother. Slowly, I would run my sticky fingers across these images that seemed to be beamed from some magical alternative universe where people gave dinner parties and owned patio furniture. Then, after a brief but exciting stopover in the men's underwear section, (laughs) I would make my way to the back of the catalog where I would float into a heaven beyond my imagining, also known as the toy section. 47 pages of brightly colored dream machines. The show-and-tell record player and slideshow, the rock'em sock'em robots, the Johnny Seven one-man army gun, the spirograph, the etch-a-sketch, the twister game, the bowl-o-matic, the thing-maker, or the miniature troll village with 75 individual pieces. Now, I had been well taught by my parents that it was more Christ-like to be humble and not want for much. And for 11 months out of the year, I was a model of restraint. But the way I looked at it, This was a narrow window of opportunity, and having been extremely good all year, I was ready to cash in my chips. I wanted my payback, and I wanted it now. (laughs) Often, I would corner my mother at the kitchen sink and wage a long and passionate argument on why the one-item-per-child rule should be waived this year. You couldn't just purchase Captain Action without also buying Action Boy. It didn't make sense. They were a team, a crime-fighting team. My mother would allow me to beg for only so long until, with a cool stare, 
she would meet my eyes and utter her final word on the subject, I guess we'll see. I knew this was my cue to back off and rethink my strategy. It was around this time that my mother, who like Scarlett O'Hara had actually once made a skirt out of a pair of curtains, <laughs> spotted an article in a magazine called Fun and Easy to Make Christmas Crafts and thus began one of the most horrific traditions of my childhood, my mother's Christmas crafts. One year it was Barbie clothes, then it was snowmen fashioned from styrofoam coffee cups, angel ornaments made from braided fabric scraps, mangers made from popsicle sticks with a fat baby Jesus made out of a thread spool. <laughs> Even as a child, I was blessed with remarkably good taste. And I found my mother's homespun creations tacky and deeply embarrassing. <laughs> Plus, 11 months out of the year, I knew my mother to be a shy, demure sort of woman, until suddenly, come December, she was transformed into this brash carnival huckster, constantly pulling holiday potholders out of her purse or putting on an impromptu show with puppets made out of my father's old socks. <laughs> Anyone she encountered was a potential customer. Everyone was fair game. Our neighbors, my teachers, strangers on the street. I was mortified. Then one year, my mother hit the mother load with her most popular yet gruesome item. It's a little hard to describe, but it was basically a cozy that fit over a small square box of Kleenex, except the cozy was made out of a doll's face with fake hair sewn to it that she would then style into a large Marlowe Thomas flip. And the tissue would be pulled out of this slit in the top of the doll's head. It quickly became a huge seller. For the life of me, I could never understand why my mother always seemed so happy cranking out these monstrosities, which soon covered every open surface in the room. Everywhere you looked, decapitated doll heads stared back at you with tissue coming out of their skulls. My mother seemed unstoppable, often working long into the night to catch up on her back orders. I don't know how my parents did it, but somehow every year on Christmas morning, we all had something to open. And most of the time, it was the very item that had been wished or prayed for. Sadly, I was a grown man before I would look back and realize the money to purchase Captain Action and Action Boy had come from the sale of my mother's crafts and that the real gift had not been a plastic action figure. The real gift had been my mother's creativity and love for her family. But none of that was in my head at age seven as I lay in my bed dreaming of Captain Action while being lulled to sleep by the distant sound of my mother's sewing machine going and going and going far into the night. Okay, kids listening, don't be greedy little pigs at Christmas. Just be glad to spend time with your family and your friends and like that. That way you'll always have a happy Christmas. You won't be disappointed. 
<laughs> That's my moral. Anyway, that was David Dean Bottrell reading A Crafty Little Christmas at Hollywood United Methodist Church in 2012 for a program called Once Upon a Christmas. That's it for this week's Off-Ramp from LAS Studios. I'm John Raby, and I'll catch you next time on the Off-Ramp. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. 